to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokono hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines it shines no my light will not just go on hora basakala mashida bahaya mambro dos dagida haya no my light will not just go on it's not enough that you clear you have to be excellent your light no 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 it's, it's not enough that you feel before and he has put all things under his side under his side to look at um, spiritual intelligence uh, part 7c and we'll be looking at how to know or that you or another person is under an attack it's an unusual teaching it's a very unusual teaching but the aim is to impart a certain level of spiritual intelligence i taught you last time that the bible says blessed is he that gives than he that receives the lord jesus christ was teaching paul was reiterating the teaching of the lord jesus and he said you've heard what the lord jesus christ said that it is more blessed to give than to receive and then i demonstrated to you what the blessing is okay this guy has given his iphone to his friend i thought the guy who has received should be saying he is blessed but the bible is differing it is saying no it is the guy who has given who is blessed that one is blessed but this one is more blessed that means the blessing already we are being told is intangible there are certain things that for example giving does to you it blesses you in so many ways that you cannot even quantify physically <clears throat> excuse me shupio was giving a, a testimony and in shupio's testimony she was saying in the week of blessing i kept blessing myself i would look myself in the mirror i would say i'm blessed and and what a view then she said something supernatural happened she had not yet paid any money but her account began to show registered and she went and did everything she needed to do she was able to get into her classes she was able to do this and do that things that people were registered do when did her blessing come is a question the blessing is not the result of the blessing what many people call the blessing is merely the fruit of the blessing and that is what we call riches but prosperity which is in the dimension of the blessing is intangible you don't see it but once the blessing lands on you it now becomes the factory that produces the car the car is just the fruit but the blessing is the factory and the machinery and the equipment that produces the car so you may see a very big car and you are saying that is such a blessing that's not the blessing the blessing is the factory so god doesn't just want you want you to have the car god wants you to have the vac- the factory the machinery and the personnel that are able to build that car 
The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 16, if you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in much. If you are dishonest um, in little things, you'll be dishonest in much. And then he says something that is striking. He said, if you are not faithful in another man's work or another man's vineyards or another man's assignment, who will entrust you with your own? He's teaching amazing things in Luke 16. He says, he says if you're not faithful in worldly mammon also, he says, will you then be entrusted with spiritual wealth? Okay? So there is spiritual wealth. Spiritual wealth is the source of physical riches. And in Christianity, you grow in transacting and dealing in dimensions that cannot be touched. The things that you are seeing on the outside do not move you because you know they have a source. And your aim, therefore, becomes to look for that source, establish yourself in that source. You establish yourself in that source. Then you begin experiencing. When God was blessing Abraham, he had not yet formed him. In the realm of the spirit, he told him, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. So when he came, nothing had happened, but he came already a blessed man. So everything that Adam was doing was prospering, not because it was because he prospered, because those things came to being, but because he had already been prosperous in the realm of the spirit. So what was now happening was a mere crystallization of the blessing that had already been pronounced on him. This is what now makes us Christians not be materialistic. Because we know that these things that are material can easily finish. They can easily rot. They can easily go away. Jobs can finish. We've seen people with big jobs. I mean, look at the new government, what is happening. Look at how people who are powerful in the former government are just being tossed to and fro. Hey, this one, they've done this to him. Oh, this one has been, what, because he insulted. Now they are pursuing. It, you just, these were powerful beings, but where are they today? So you can't trust in things if you are chimpelesha. You have to look for the source of those things. Hallelujah. But then the opposite is equally true. What the Bible teaches us in two very interesting scriptures, and that is the book of um, Colossians chapter number one, verse 13, the Bible says, he has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. Through whom we have the forgiveness of sin. Through his blood, the remission of sin, that is. In Acts chapter number 26, Paul is traveling and is going to Damascus. And then he meets on the, in the middle, he meets the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus says, so, so, why do you persecute me? Then he said, who are you, Lord? Then he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And then he says, go up and go into Damascus, and you're going to find a man named Ananias who's going to tell you what to do. But before that, he tells him, I have, it is hard to kick against the gods. <clears throat> and then he tells, you, he tells him, I, I, I have called you, I've appeared to you for this very purpose. I have called you so that you may bring people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light to move them from the influence and power of Satan into the influence and power of God. So you begin to see that two different kingdoms are being expressed in these scriptures. Now, remember what I told you, that every kingdom, basically, is the predominant influence of a king over his subject. How much you belong to that kingdom is evinced 
by the level of influence that that king has for you. If you study, if you study a lot of kingdoms, you discover that you know where a person, from which place a person comes from, from which kingdom an individual comes from by their culture. Which is the second most important element I was not supposed to tell you, but we'll look at culture. So, the, the culture of the Great Britain is here today because that was the predominant influence of the king and queen that was forced on us in colonialism. So you find even the English that we use is British English. Even the way we wear suits and ties, that is not African, that's British. The way that we run our businesses is British. The way we do our accounts, the way we communicate to one another, it is because of that influence which came. So when we talk, we are expressing the influence of the kings and queens and the monarch of Britain. When we relate what we do, the culture that was imparted to us, even after we got independent, is a culture of Britain. So we express that culture in our daily lives. The way we believe families should live, we got it from that side. How you people these days are very comfortable with your in-laws. It never used to be like that. If your in-law is coming to your house, <laughs> I'm sure the ladies, if you ask your moms, they will tell you. These days you can chill, you can go out, you can go watch a movie with your in-laws. And what a view. It's because we took some culture elsewhere and where that culture is finding expression in our hearts. So there are certain things that happen in the kingdom of darkness. There are cultures. There are energies, there are happenings, there are things that can make you know that there is the influence of the kingdom of darkness in your life or in your friend's life or in your relative's life. There are things that can help you know that this invisible kingdom is in fact very active in the life of my neighbor or in my life, this area, the kingdom of darkness, the influence of the kingdom of darkness is active. If you do not learn what I'm teaching you today, you'll be struggling experiencing some partial hell, experiencing some partial kingdom of darkness in this life when you're already saved. So what you need to know is when the kingdom of darkness is in operation, because that way you can put it in its place and thank God you've got the tools, you've got the machinery, you've been given the authority and the capacity to put Satan in his place. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says, through knowledge shall the just be delivered. The Bible says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So truth is the economy of freedom in the kingdom of God. The level of freedom from the influence of darkness that an, an individual experiences is a function of the amount of truth that they have drenched themselves in. This is why you must never miss a Sunday service, especially in a teaching church like this. I'm not saying anywhere else you can miss, but... Because every time, every time you miss, there's a certain degree of glory that you have missed out on. You have sacrificed it, and you will struggle in that area. Oh, I'll listen to the podcast, you know you are lying. Hallelujah. I'm going to show a few things. You need to know them. It will give you spiritual intelligence. Remember what we said about spiritual intelligence as we were laying the foundation. What we said is, the wind bloweth where it listeth, yet we neither know where it goes, 
whence it comes or where it goeth. So, uh, so are those who are born of the Spirit. But I derived a principle, that was the, the John chapter 3, I believe, verse 8. But I derived a principle from there, and I said, it's generally the function of spirits. Whether from, this, from the kingdom of God or the, the kingdom of darkness, they all operate as a wind. Matter of fact, the word, the word spirit um, is, is, is one word in the Greek. It's called pneuma, okay? And that word pneuma means one and the same thing. So if it's the Holy Spirit, they will use the word pneuma. If it's an evil spirit, they will use the word pneuma. Because it means one and the same thing, it means wind. So you have to derive from context and tell that this is the Holy Spirit being talked about. This is an evil spirit being talked about. It's because they all behave like a wind. Now, you can't see a wind, number one. You can't know where it's coming from. You can't know where it is going. But then our advantage is that we can tell by the way it is moving trees that that's the influence of a wind. We can tell by how it is moving people who don't have a balance that there's a wind there. We can tell by the way it is moving papers around that there's a wind there. So there should be certain things that should help you know the presence of a spirit. Now, the nature of the movements of the trees, of the, of the, of the papers, the nature of the movement will tell you the kind of spirit behind the, that movement. That means you can tell whether this is from the kingdom of darkness or this is the, from the kingdom of God. And there are certain things that I'm not going to get to that because you, you, you listened to that same one I went in detail. I'm going to start mentioning a few things that will help you know that this is the work of the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Number, number one, when you start having too many offenses against spiritual people, normally there is a spirit that is specifically in charge to cause you to lose out on fellowship. Because the Bible says we've been baptized into the same spirit by one body. So we must work together uh, coordinatedly if we have to live together and be healthy. One thing you need to understand is that according to the law of Christ, when one member is disadvantaged, all the members are disadvantaged. And a time comes when you become the source of that disadvantage. You become a diseased branch. And the Lord Jesus Christ teaching in the book of, Ma of John chapter number 15, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And then he says, you cannot exist apart from me. And then he says, every branch that does not bear fruit, what does my father do? He cuts it off. So also what happens is if, if a, a branch is diseased, he cuts it off so that it does not infect the rest of the branches. A lot of times, even when you read about the Lord's Supper, what, the, what he was saying is, for this cause, many are weak and many have died, not discerning the, the, the Lord's body. He's not talking about how you eat. He's talking about, firstly, he begins to tell them, when you've gathered together, eat from your homes. Give those who don't have. Don't let those who do not have look like they do not belong to the same body. Treat others properly because they belong to the same body. And then he says, for this reason, because you do not discern the Lord's body. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 5, verse 30, we are of his flesh and of his bone and of his blood. Meaning we as individual people make up the body of Christ. The body of Christ is many human bodies put together who profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when your tooth is aching, it means the rest of the body is not going to be comfortable. It doesn't, have you ever seen a person when their tooth is aching, they're saying, ah, me, I'm just doing fine. After all, my legs are doing fine. The whole body is affected. And this is why sometimes when you have a problem with your tooth, what do we do? We remove that tooth. He says, for this cause, many are sickly among you. 
and many die not discerning the Lord's body. You must be careful how you treat especially fellow Christians. There's a reason we tell people, don't just open your mouth against any man of God anyhow. It will work against you. There's a reason why you have to be a blessing to fellow believers. Because it blesses you. And when you begin to mistreat others, the Bible says, for this cause many are sick and many die young. Not discerning the Lord's body. There are sins of the body. There are sins outside the body. Then there are sins against Christ. Okay? Now, that's not what we're getting into. So, it's just important for you to know that the moment you begin sustaining offenses against other Christians, then it means there's a spirit which is sponsoring that. How come for you you've got an issue with that one? You've got an issue with that one? You've got an issue with that one? It means there is a messenger from a kingdom that is inspiring offenses in you against others so that you can die young so that you can be disconnected from the flow of the anointing the purpose is greater than just you having beef the purpose is so that you can experience the ramifications of the scriptures that is the purpose so every time you've got a difference especially with fellow believers this is a very important topic this is why john said we know that we have crossed from death to life imagine it's a life and death issue John said in the book of 1 John, says we know that we've crossed from death to life when we love our brethren. It's a big issue. It's a big issue. He who does not love, he's talking about fellow brethren, he says still abides in death and does not know God. So you need to learn to love. This is why even love among brothers and among fellow sisters has now been attacked. People are now afraid because if you, if you show love, Genuine love, they will say, mm. This is why these days, ah, I love you, bro, no homo, you know. It used to be famous those days, maybe not these days, because you just can't love someone without avoiding to look a certain way. But you need to love, especially fellow believers. Love them. And don't care what they did to you. Some may have offended you, but you forgive them. Because remember also that forgiveness is an act of the will, not an act of the feelings. So if you are waiting to feel a forgiveness, you remain in the bondage of the enemy. What you need to do is to decide to forgive. And in the realm of decisions, there are no feelings. So you can say, I've decided to forgive. And your feelings are telling you, mm-mm, sissy, wait. All up. But you decide to forgive. And what happens is, because you have decided, your feelings eventually begin to catch up. What the Bible shows us in the book of Ephesians chapter number 5, uh, chapter number 4, verse 26, is that we should not be, uh, we should be angry, but in our anger we must not sin. That means there's a place where anger becomes sin. Some people say, oh, me, I've never slept with anyone, so I'm not a sinner. But you are always upset. Oh, me, I don't wear <laughs> a short skirt. No, 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 no. You, 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 you can wear a long skirt and have a short hat. You know? <laughs> He says, in your anger, do not sin. There's a place where your anger becomes sin. You've held on to it. He says, don't let the sun go down on you whilst you are still angry. So you become a sinner. And then he goes on to say, because anger gives a foothold to the devil. And when you give the devil a foothold, what does he get? He grabs the entire leg. He doesn't know how to deal nicely. Hallelujah. So number one, you know, there are spirits normally that are just inspired, that are just sent to inspire offense. You're just moving. God now shut the push. You're just upset. You're just angry. Why are you angry? I don't know. Come down, my sister. 
You don't want to talk to anyone. You've got problems you don't even know. This life. What do you mean this life? It's hot for everyone. Some people think it's hot for them. We are all burning. Hallelujah. So ensure that you watch offenses because offenses, there are spirits that inspire offenses. Sometimes it's even hard to pray when you're upset. Father. This is why, listen, this is one of the reasons I come a bit late. Me as your pastor, because I don't want to be offended because that is not there, that is not there. And then I, I get obsessed with order. So I'll come like this, the instruments are not there, this is not ready. It compromises my ministry. So one thing you need to do as, you see musicians are in a ministry called the Ministry of Helps. What, what you do in the Ministry of Helps is that you help the anointing to flow, you usher in the anointing. You make sure that the Spirit of God moves smoothly because the Spirit of God is like a fire and He can be quenched. So this is why a lot of times you determine the flow of the virtue that is from heaven. This is why your lives must be pure. You just can't live anyhow because you are a vessel through which the glory of God passes and infiltrates the church. And you are like a catalyst. I may be anointed, but sometimes I need a certain level of music. Says in the book of Kings, Second Kings chapter three, verse fifteen. You know, Elisha was so upset, and then he said, "Bring me a musician." And the Bible says, as the musician began to 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 to, to play, the Bible says the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. He tried, it never worked until a musician came. So the man is anointed, but he needs a catalyst for that anointing to flow. So sometimes the reason why the anointing is not flowing is because there's no catalyst, or the catalyst has been contaminated. So if you are coming here, you are fornicating. That's why, you see, this is why we send people out when they are struggling with fornication. We don't allow them to serve. It is because you will affect the flow of the anointing of God. Imagine you are singing there. You know the reason why God is not moving. It's you. And this is the reason. This is the reason why. Let me also just say something. This is the reason why we excommunicate people when they are living sexually impure. We send them out for some time. One of the most important reasons the Lord taught me is this. If a person can feel the pain of not being together with fellow believers as they listen to the word of God, maybe that will give them an idea of what it means to be separated from God for eternity. So the person must be separated. We are, no, they are just religious. No, you are ignorant. Because if we are, if, if somebody, no, when I sinned, the church kicked me out. You, you want us to be hugging you. No, 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 no. Sometimes people are just disappointed. Allow them the right to be disappointed. Be honest with yourself. You messed up. We love you, but we have, the Bible says, God chastens those he loves. One dimension of love is discipline. If you've never experienced, if you're always resisting the discipline of God, know that you have not experienced the fullness of the love of God. Are you following me? Anyways, what I'm trying to say is avoid offenses. <laughs> because offenses are one dimension of the influence of the kingdom of darkness. I can preach a whole series on this. Number two, when your prayer life is struggling, but you are able to do other things perfectly fine. What the Lord Jesus Christ taught in the book of Luke chapter number 8 is that men ought always to pray and not stop. 
That means you can't pray enough. When we were done with that prayer service, when we prayed the whole day, he expected you to go home and pray, wake up and pray. Some people feel satisfied when they have prayed and they said, I think the next one week I may not need to pray because... No, 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 no. You consistently pray. It must be embedded in you. And you see, the thing with prayer is that it's easy to be attacked because it is not second nature. It's second to our nature to want to pray. Prayer in itself requires a certain level of glory called discipline. Somebody said, oh, every time, every time I feel like praying about a problem, that's cute. I've had many people come to me tell me, I'm always wanting to pray, even when I'm That's a good problem. But use it while it lasts. <laughs> because the time is coming. When that, that trigger that the Spirit of God is giving you, that starter will go. Now you have to rise on your own accord and pray. You may not even feel like praying, but you do it. When I woke up this morning, it was so hot, I sat and it felt like I was not going to pray. <laughs> I said, I wanted to say, that, Lord, you know my heart. <laughs> but I've been preaching against that. So <laughs> the Lord was like, no, Sunny, we don't know your heart. <laughs> there's a heart that is in your spirit, but there's one that is only known when it is kinetic. Okay? That's why the Bible says when Abraham now gave his son, he said, now I know that you love me and you obey me. I thought he was supposed to know everything. There's a dimension of knowledge that only God can only get when he sees you in motion. All intention and all planning without action does not amount to, to anything. That's why I said, ah, you believe in God. Ah, even the demons do. Matter of fact, they even go a dimension deeper. Then they even shake. So belief is different from faith. Because whilst belief is a conviction and state of the heart, faith is a practicality and demonstration of that conviction. So the demons do believe in God. They believe Jesus is the Son of God. They told him, you are the Holy One of Israel, but their life denied it. Their life denies it, if at all they have any. So you can say you believe in God, but your life shows that you believe in the world. The conviction of the demons is greater because at least them, they even tremble. You, you are even like, ah, these pastors, you don't tremble. Then they think twice before they talk about it, but they think twice. They calculate. Anyways, what I'm trying to tell you is when your prayer life begins to be shaky, you can't remember when, when, when last you prayed alone. Every time you... Now, what I'm saying is you are able to do everything else properly. You are able to work with a lot of energy. You've got energy to work. To work. You've got energy to do this. You've got energy to do business. But when it comes to prayer, you only pray at night with your little small energy that has been left. Meanwhile, you can even say, let me take a power nap so that you can study. You take a power nap, then you wake up fresh to study. You don't care that you are dry. You're not fresh when praying. All you are giving to God are the changes of the strength of your life. Your prayer life is very important because prayer is that, how can I describe it? It's the vibrating entity of a person that gives, that gives energy and life to everything that they are doing. So you have to constantly pray. But let me tell you something. If you are finding it difficult to pray, the solution is to pray about it. Because it is in the prayer that the antidote is hidden. Have you ever, you ever noticed that when you begin praying sometimes, you may have started like this, but before you know it, you are pacing the floor. You are lifting your hands. Hallelujah. 
Yeah. It is because the strange part is the solution to an attack of your prayer life is in prayer. So there is no way but to pray. Hallelujah. So normally what Satan does is he inspires the desire to not pray. But you notice everything else you are doing is working just fine. You are able to talk to your girlfriends. You are able to do this. You are able to push projects. But except you are not praying. Maybe the success you are having is, is, is the, mercy of, the mere mercies of God. But a point comes when your labor in prayer has to sustain you. And if there is no labor in prayer... <laughs> then the enemy will have his day. That's why even Paul said in the book of Ephesians 6, verse 18, says, praying always with all manner and prayer and supplication in the spirit, making uh, prayers for the saints. So prayer must be something that is consistently happening in your life. If you notice that your prayer life is struggling, there's probably a spirit that has been assigned to make sure that you do not make any progress. Because they know when you begin praying, you, you, you damage their plan. And a lot of times when you begin praying, sometimes you find that's when the attacks, intense, uh, the attacks intensify. If the attacks intensified in prayer, they would intensify in prayer. It is prayer, prayer, prayer throughout. Sometimes you find you begin praying, that's when your health begins struggling. The, 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 it's keep praying. Because it's the only way you are going to get out of it. Hallelujah. All right, number three. When your passion for God is not there. David said, you know, in the book of Psalm, in, in, in many scriptures in the book of Psalm, when he was in the desert, he said that his heart longed for God to be in his courts like the deer pants for the water. I believe Psalm 63 and 80 something. He desired to always be with God. Ima now imagine it is a Saturday and tomorrow is a Sunday, you see a flower, you get drained. So we have to go. We have to go to church. It means there's a demon. There, there is a power that has been released. How come when it comes to going to school, you are excited, you can't wait. You put on your best clothes. When it comes to work, you are dressed. But when it comes to church, you're beginning to express the longings and desire of a spirit that has been sent towards you. The way that you're feeling is the way that that spirit feels towards church. So it's beginning to communicate its feelings towards church for you. This is why if you notice that you're not excited about going to church, you say, I'm excited! Because it's your faith that triggers the passion for the things that you've lost. So the moment that you have clothes, but on Sunday you say, I didn't wash, it means there is a power, there is an energy that has been shot against you because that spirit knows that when you go to church, your mother will get healed. When you go to church, something wrong will happen towards how we've held on to this family. So what they do is they begin cooking passions that are against the desire for the house of God. How come you've got desire to go to the mall? How come you've got desire for money? Who taught you how to be bored when it comes to going to church? Where did that wisdom come from? Because wisdom is not just of the mind. The Bible says in James chapter 3 verse 14, if you are bitter envy, 
It says, this wisdom is not from God. It is firstly earthly, then sensual, then demonic. That means although envy is not of the mind, we feel it in the emotion, it's a form of wisdom. Wisdom is not just of the mind. It is a way of life that necessitates the flow and function in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm. So who taught you how to not wash on Saturday? How come you were able to forget to prepare for Sunday? How come? How come when you hear it's mid midnight prayers, you are drained? Meanwhile, you can watch like a series up to 03 and you'll be fine. You even say, oh, I'm having insomnia. I can't believe it. Meanwhile, the drowsiness hits you when you hear that. There are people, they can't appear for midnight prayers. There is a spirit whose will your body is giving expression to. Some people think demonic attack, you are deceived. You find those who've never seen Muka are the most possessed. It is, not, it is not just possession that shows the presence of an evil spirit. It is a level of the influence of a spirit in your life. Not every evil spirit possesses people. Some influence. Your passion for God, your passion for God must not die. Your passion for God must always be there. You must always fuel it. Hallelujah. Number four, when you feel like church is too long, but you don't have a problem the whole day at work or at school. Some, listen, I'm not trying to just shoot at you. I'm teaching you, I'm giving you spiritual intelligence. Someone can be in church and wonder, when is this service going to end? The Bible says we do not, in the book of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 3, it says we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against, no, 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 that's Ephesians chapter 6. He says in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 3, he says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. When you read it in the Amplified Classic, he now begins to give the detailed uh, explanations of what um, strongholds are. I was hoping by now we'd have shown a amplified classic. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Let's go. In as much as we refute arguments, arguments are from where? And theories. Theories are where? Reasonings comes from where? And every proud and low pride is from the where? and lofty thing that exalts itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thoughts are from the where? And purposes are where captives. Purposes are from the where? So you find, for you, it's a theory. Church is not supposed to belong. Who taught you? Who gave you that wisdom that church should be short? Where did you learn that? In which lecture did you sit? How come you don't mind a long lecture? You'll be there. No, please tell us. We want to know what's coming for the exam. You will sit. You will not even be upset. You will sit the whole time. Meanwhile, here, your butt begins hurting for some reason. For some reason. In, in, in class, you are doing fine. But here, oh, 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 oh. You are giving expression to the discomfort, to the discomfort that the spirit that has been sent against you is feeling that discomfort you are it's not you 
You are behaving like a puppet. Refuse to be used. Say, I refuse to be used. It's a theory. It's a reasoning. He says we fight against those things. We pull them down. There are some thoughts that must be put down. There are some theories that must be cast down. Who taught you? Who taught you? You know, some of these things they taught, they teach women as they are teaching them. Sometimes they tell them things. They tell them, they tell, some, maybe these days it has changed. Sometimes they tell them, so you can find, maybe you, your biggest problem is, my husband always gives me a 2,000 per month. This time, he gave me a 1,800. And they're like, hey, 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 that's even a problem. Then they now start telling you their problems. Me, I've got children outside wedlock from my husband. I've got this. And why they are living in that marriage is because there was a lecture they sat in. In which lecture they received some reasonings, some purposes, some theories from the kingdom of darkness so that they do not enjoy marriages, so that they can endure them. When, see, when we used to grow up, we used to be told, it's either it's for alcohol, it's for girls. Who ever heard that before? Look at that. So you can imagine the lectures you've lived in. There's been some knowledge, some theories, some reasonings from dark spirits. So you find many boys had great destinies, but because they lived in those environments, now they think, me, I don't like alcohol, I'll just be for girls. A spirit is telling them, choose either girls of alcohol. Oh, my parents will, my parents will catch me. They don't know what's going on. They just find themselves choosing. Before you know, this guy, He is not a heartbreaker. He is a heartbreak himself. When you feel like church is too long, but you don't have a problem the whole day at work or at school. The Bible teaches us in the book of James chapter 4 verse 5 that, that the spirit who is in us lasteth to envy. That means he yearns with the jealousy of God. In you, there must be a jealousy to say, how come I'm able to sit this long at work, but I can't sit this long doing anything godly? If you don't have that jealousy towards the things of God, you are under attack. How come I'm able to sit for three hours, I'm not moving writing this exam? I don't do eh, ho, hu. But three hours of church, you're becoming... In an exam, Let him who has never had one cast the first stone. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anyways, so there must be a part of you which is jealous, which is saying, no, 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 no. I can't give the world so much and give the, the Lord so little. Yeah. How come you, you are able to spend all the energy at work, 
then at night you are saying, Lord, you know my heart. Are you drunk? You're not. You say, no, 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 no. You say, I'll take a power nap and wake up to pray. So that when you wake up, you can say, Makuda Payakte. There are times when you need to be there. Eh? Your body needs to engage in prayer as well. Because prayer is a spirit, soul, body kind of thing. It touches all the three realms of man. That's why the Bible says, in the days of his flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says he prayed with loud cries, lifting up supplications to him who was able to save him from death. Then you, who taught you that, no, God can hear you, you have to pray from the heart. Who taught you that? Are you deeper than Jesus? And you think those, who taught you that those who pray loudly are mad? Are you sure you're not the one? No, because the question is, which Bible are you reading? Which Bible? Where did you read that? There are theories which are made of human tradition and perceptions. So you think because God is great, he knows what's going on in your heart, then you don't need to scream. Are you, are you even for real? Don't you know that prayer is an expressive thing? You say, oh, but Jonah was in the, in the belly of the fish. Are you in the belly of the fish? Let's go. Next point. When giving becomes irritating and inconveniencing. When every time you think about giving, you see, the thing is, the thing is, these spirits know that your blessing in this kingdom is through your giving. A lot of times, if you have to deal with poverty, if you have to break the backbone of poverty, a lot of times if you have to get into a new dimension of, of, of prosperity, a lot of times God is looking at your giving first. Because the Bible says, Luke 6.38, give and it shall be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. It's a law. The Bible says, when you give your tithe, he says, when you give, he says, bring unto me, do not steal, Malachi chapter 3. Then he says, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven. There is no way. When you read the book of, uh, 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 is it, is it, Paul was teaching in the book of 2 Corinthians, I believe, chapter 9 and chapter number 8, and he was, he was saying that when he was encouraging them to give and he's saying when you do god is able to make grace abound that having all sufficiency you may have you may you may abound and have enough for your needs and for the things of god so there in this kingdom remember a whole prophet one time was hungry god sent him to a widow who had the last meal she knew that when i eat this one i die but god sent him to her wasn't god thinking about the widow didn't god know that when that widow gives you can, we cannot be greater than the wisdom of God. It was only after that widow gave the last she had that she lived in, in, in abundant supply. Haven't you read about the young boy who had, who had five loaves and two fish? It was when he gave what he had to the master that multiplication was seen. So what, the devil knows this. So what he wants is to make you feel like if you give this, you'll be broke. Or can I give my first fruit in my second week? It's not like it's not like when you give your first fruit in your first month, then you'll be broke. Remember, you were already broke. Who, who taught you now that you've got this kamani? If you give it, you will die. You were already broke before. You were fine without God. Now that you, you want to, can I give my second month? <laughs> uh, okay, so. Just give in this kingdom. And you see, in this, in this church, you have the privilege 
you have the privilege to do certain things that many people in many ministries don't do. In this ministry, I'm calling it a privilege we give our first fruit. And even next year, April, we'll be doing it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine in this ministry also, we had uh, sacrificial giving, where people were giving their whole salaries. And I was just so moved when I saw how you were giving. Towards the building, people were giving 90% of their salaries. I was moved. I was shaken. When I do it, I'm just fine. But when I see other normal people do it, I was moved. I was so blessed. Someone elsewhere will say, no, mm, I will lack when I give you. Mm. <laughs> Let's go. So when giving becomes irritating, the enemy knows. There was one time when God told me to give a certain seed. And after I dealt with my heart because I didn't want. When I dealt with my heart, I, was, I said I was going to give it. The devil knew I had made up my mind. In the morning, I was sleeping in Olympia in, my, in, in the living room. A gentleman came to me. I started talking to me, you don't have to. The, the devil was shaking. So he came like a gentleman. You know, the Lord knows you love him. You know, you don't have to. Sometimes the devil knows when you let go of your money, something will break. And let me tell you something. When you begin giving seeds, when you begin giving to God, there is a system, a technology, there's a software in the realm of the spirit that is able to detect the specific need that you have. And a lot of times when you give your offerings, when you give your tithes, there are specific needs that are going to be met. Some of them you may not even know them, but God knows how to meet those needs. It is not every giving that necessarily gives you material wealth. Let me give you an example. The Bible says, and one of them named Barnabas sold this land, took the money, and gave it on the feet of the apostle. Afterwards, the Bible does not tell us that and then he became rich for the Lord blessed him. No, it tells us that about Isaac. For him, the Bible just, it forgets. But notice how people began to win souls. Notice how the book of Acts turns around, how things begin to happen. You only know the wealth of Barnabas when you meet him in heaven. One man was testifying back in a church I belonged to that one time his, his grandmother or something gave a seed and said, I want all my grandchildren to be saved in that church. And it's like all of them were just getting saved from that. They didn't know. But one day she told him, this is what I did. So that woman can give, she can give 15,000 kwacha. She has opened a portal. She has made a covenant with God. You will not know what to be pursuing you. There will just be an angel. You want to go club, it points you to a church somewhere. <laughs> you don't know what's pushing you. You don't know. There, there is a force that was invested. Hallelujah. So the enemy knows that your blessing is in your giving. So he will inspire a spirit to make you feel like if you give, <laughs> pass if you give, you'll be dry. You even know there's nowhere else you're going to get the next one. Don't give your tithe this month. You've been faithful all these other months. They will understand. <laughs> Sometimes what the enemy is looking for is just your consistency to be cut just a bit. And that, that just a bit will now give him authority to, to do things for not just a bit for a long time. 
All they asked Daniel is, don't pray to your God for the next 30 days. All the enemy was asking for was 30 days. Please. So they said, for the next 30 days, no one should pray to any other God except the statue that the king was going to make. They only asked for 30 days. know my skill. Are you following me? Yeah. Next point, when it's cooler to, to sit than to serve. There are people who say, uh, there are people who say, oh wow, there are people who say, you know what, me I don't want to be over involved because I'm busy. So what I'm going to be doing is I'll just be sitting being blessed by the word of God. You are joking. Who taught you that you'll be fine just sitting? Where did you get that lecture? Who imparted that wisdom into you? Some problem is people think they are just thinking. The Bible, we, I'm from showing you a scripture which says we pull down every thought. Not every thought is yours. Some are shots of the enemy at you. Pew. He's, just, he's just believing that you buy into that thought and you sit. I have taught you time without number that your preservation is in your service. Don't just sit at your age if you can just sit in church at your age. Many of you are very young here and you are just sitting. You do not, you do not give any partnership. You do not belong to any department. You don't even take care of the bus. You just want, let me even say this. They are saying, those who are going to be using buses, register your names. Ah, me, me, they know that I'm going to go. So even if I don't register. Make the work for your friends easier. Put your name there. Your thumbs won't swell. Meanwhile, to every dirty joke in Roma girls or 13 as you are posting, you are commenting. How, how come you have energy to respond to foolish things? How come you've got the morale, the capacity to comment a long review on why man you has been behaving the way it's been behaving? But after church, you, you don't have the strength. No, problem you think it's just rife. That's the problem. It's not, it's, it's not every demonic attack that is merely possessive. You need to know that the enemy influences people. So when it's cool, the Bible says, through prosperity, he was telling Job, says, through prosperity, uh, it says, as long as they serve God, they will live in prosperity the rest of their lives. There are covenants that you cut with God by serving him. Serve God. The enemy wants to cut you off, so he will insist that you don't serve God. We are still going. When you always want to be alone, there are spirits which are loners. So you find 
there are people who every time they are brought to be with other people, they are irritated, they've got issues with that, issues with that, so they would rather be in lonely places. It's like they enjoy being alone. Now, there's a place for being alone and maybe praying and growing spiritually and being with the Lord. That's important. But there are people who just have an attitude of desiring to be alone. When they're with other people, it's like it's off. It's like something is wrong. So you find a person at home when everybody is sitting and they are eating and they are sharing jokes. Ooh, you're kuspeya. What is the person doing? Like it's a spirit. It's behaving like a spirit that has been cast out. You have to force yourself. How come? That's why the Bible says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. We'll, co we'll come to spiritual intelligence on the other side. First, let me, let me, let me sort this issue out. Let me, let me handle this issue first. Then we'll come to this other side. You just want to be alone. You don't like your relatives. Have you ever met girls who say, me, I would rather make friends with guys. Otherwise, girls are, we want to fair if you are Ah, no wonder you're behaving like a boy. In Colossians chapter number 3, verse 5, the Bible says, Kill, deaden, put to death every evil desire lurking in your members. Then it says all those animal impulses employed in sin. Amplified classic. Huh? You know, two female dogs don't click. Yeah. You never find two female dogs clicking. So if you find you can relate better with only the opposite sex, you can only relate better, you can't relate better with the same sex there's an animal impulse in you. Oh, listen, I'm using scriptures. So don't say what that pastor was saying. Say what that scripture said. Kill, deaden, deprive of power, the evil desire lacking in your members. Those animal impulses and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin. So there are animal impulses active in some people's lives. But who put those animal impulses? It's a serpentine nature. Only two tigers don't leave the same mountain. So you always want to be alone. There's a problem. Normally, there's a spirit. The Bible says of Legion, he would break the chains and move himself into lonely places in the caves and in the graveyards. If you are going to be alone so that you can pray, good. If you want to be alone because you want to meditate, good. If you want to be alone that you want to think, good. But if you just don't like being with other people, okay, how are you going to manage in heaven? You don't belong there. <laughs> Today, you will change. <laughs> Adiga varaguze bedia. Next, if you are always angry. Now, people can get you upset. That's okay. It happens and you're upset. Things can happen. 
But then if you sustain anger, there are people who, hey, hmm. when we were young, there were people you say, oh, you, that's I'll cut a short temper. Then when you're angry, you even get your stick and move. You have closed your eyes like this. <laughs> Where did that child learn that wisdom? You know, there's, first, let me tell you this. There's normally what we call the nature of Adam, the fallen nature, okay? For example, I realized we really need to get my son saved quickly. Because now, my son is not saved. He has to make his own decision to follow the Lord Jesus. Okay? Now, he's set aside because he's born from parents who love the Lord. So the Bible says your children are holy. Now, salvation... Being holy, you can be holy and still go to hell. Because there are people who are called of God who still go to hell. They were set apart, but they will still go to hell. That's why he says in Matthew 7, we cast out demons in your name, prophesied. That means they were set apart, they were in godly service. But, uh, are you saying that? No. So anyways, this one time, there's our little niece who came. And my wife took her and lifted her. And my son felt jealous. He looked and said, ah, he didn't like that. When she puts her down, then he feels nice. <laughs> I said, this is a joke. I took the little girl and, ah. Now, that boy is not even one year old. <laughs> Question is, who taught him to be jealous? In which lecture did he sit? Now, question, does he know that there's an influence of the fallen nature in him? You don't have to know that an evil spirit is operating in you. You don't have to. Mommy, I'm not saying it's an evil spirit, eh? <laughs> no. You don't have to. This is why I'm teaching you so that you, are, you don't fall prey. I'm not trying to slap you. I'm trying to awaken you so that we can have a perfect bride without without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That's the aim. Are you following me? <laughs> now, there is that dimension where it's a fallen nature. But then the enemy can now exploit that nature to bring a spirit. Because now you are sustaining that jealousy, that anger. You begin attracting a spirit. Even anger is the same. The Bible says you can give a foothold to the devil because it's like death. What happens when an animal dies is that the death itself may not be a problem. But when, the, but when that animal does not resurrect, if he does not come out of the death, what now begins happening is that that death goes a step further. It begins bringing a stench. And that stench now begins to look for green flies. Now, suddenly, you start seeing green flies around. Those ones for their toilets, then there's Ichimbusu. Those are the ones that you now begin seeing there. It means the death has taken the next dimension. So you can find maybe it's by fallen nature that you are jealous, but because you cannot control it, it begins pulling a spirit. So even anger itself, that's why it says be angry, but in your anger do not sin. My wife and I don't, me, we don't go to bed angry at each other. We've, been, we've known each other romantically from 2016. We don't say, mm, I, I don't like what you said today. Then you go sleep and we'll sort it out tomorrow. No, we don't want to give the enemy a foothold. Meanwhile, you, you are just in a relationship. You're not married. You, you got upset with your girlfriend and you can't talk to them for two days. 
You are waiting for them to design and text you. When you notice that they are at, uh, at Mundawanga doing fine without you, you are even upset. <laughs> How can he be breathing without me? <laughs> <laughs> if you see a marriage working, two people made it work. Nothing works without people working it. Two people must be willing. Hallelujah. If you see a relationship working and lasting for a long time, two people made it work. Okay, don't get me that side. So if you're always angry, there's an issue there. Normally you find there's a spirit you've attracted. There are some people who just deal with the spirit. They're always angry. So you find... Next, if other people's success is not success because you're not part of it. Okay, that one doesn't need preaching. Next, if you don't like it when people are too happy, somehow you think they should just sit and not go about being too excited. And you don't understand what they are happy about. There are people who teach, hey, don't post your child on social media. Oh, hey, don't do this, don't do this. There's no joy about them. And when they see other people too happy, they say, let's see where it's going to go. That's a spirit of jealousy operating actively in a person to bring them into a place where they're expecting evil of everyone. And it's the opposite of what the Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, which says love believes the best of everyone. Let other people be happy. Let them be excited. That's fine. More joy, more gladness in the community. There's nothing wrong. If people are happy, let them be happy. How come you don't like the way, the way, people, the way she overlaughs? And then there are people because of the pains they've experienced in life, because of the scars they've gone through, they get irritated when they see people happy. They wonder, how can people this be, be, be this excited? They behave like they are on, on planet Pluto here on Earth. It shows you the predominance effect of a spirit from the kingdom of darkness because it's only in hell where people are always sad. Hallelujah. If you don't, next point, if you don't, okay, okay, we've said this one. When you are dealing with depression from nowhere, you just wake up and you, you just don't want to talk to anyone. Why are you feeling like this, Sister Jesse? I don't know. I just want some time alone. What happened if, if, you, if your good friend now starts to ask you, what happened? Did anyone offend you? No. Marie, no. Is it an exam you wrote? No, I just don't know. Nothing. <laughs> For men, it's not like a, a, a project went bad. Ladies, it's not like you're on the moon. Nothing. It's just... You just don't know you are fine. You are, just, you are just feeling low. Why are you feeling low? I don't know, I'm just feeling low. Who trained you to just wake up and feel low? You are giving expression to the desires of a spirit from the kingdom of darkness. So what you do is, if you wake up feeling like that one day, you just say, oh, ha, 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 Then you, you bring a, a Judah session from hope, you dance. Until that thing leaves you. The enemy shouldn't just be walking in anyhow and pushing things. Hey, be sad now. You've been too happy. Mm, like a sadness here. 
He doesn't, I'm telling you the truth. Especially if you're just waking up, you can't explain your sadness. You're just upset. You're just sad. That sadness is not yours. It's a manifestation of the nature of a spirit in you that always wakes up sad if it, so it sleeps. You are giving expression to that nature of that spirit in your body, in your life. Refuse to be sad and depressed for no reason. If you love to inflict pain on yourself, there are people who say, like that, the brother who testified that, I loved fighting so much, I just had to see blood. There are people who also, they cut themselves. That is demonic. If you want to, to, to feel better by cutting yourself or smashing yourself in the wall, that's demonic. Because the Bible also talks about a man named Legion who would cut himself with sharp stones. The Bible also talks about the prophets of Baal who, because they called on Baal and Baal did not come, they began to cut themselves. So every way of dealing with pain by inflicting more pain on you, by saying, let me go and drink, by saying, let me do something that is going to just implicate your life. It's a demon. It's a power from darkness coming against you. If you have any friends who cut themselves or who hit themselves to feel better, bring them. They need help. That's demonic. Are you listening to me? Yeah. When dealing with any forms of addiction, normally when a person is dealing with an addiction, it means a spirit has now settled its influence in their life. Someone said, I, I just used to, let me tell you this, here's what, what happens. The first time you begin watching pornography, you'll get away with it. You'll say, oh no, I, I've stopped. Satan will look at you and say, eh. he'll let you face, you'll get away with it. Then you watch it again, then you will let you. Now, when that consistency is consistent, Satan will now know that now you love me. It was not just an error. So now what happens is Satan sends, assigns a spirit to your habit. When that spirit is now attached to your guilty pleasure, when that spirit now becomes part and parcel and becomes a member of your activities, <laughs> When that spirit becomes a colleague in your watching of porn, in your constant desire for sex, when, when, when a spirit is now attached to your activity, it means your will is overridden. You will do it. Even if you said you didn't want to do it, you'll find yourself doing it. So you, no wonder people now, what happens is they are in a sexual relationship. Eh? They said they will stop. They find themselves doing it again. The best way to deal with a sexual relationship is to break up. That's the most holy, proper way of dealing with it. If you're sleeping with someone, don't say, I love him, we'll work on it. You won't work on it. So the best, no, but he loves me. How can someone love you unto hell? Faith, good to see you. How can someone love you to hell? You know that at the end of this day, we will burn you continue. No, we will stop. You won't stop because a spirit has been attached to your habit. So you desire it. And sometimes what happens, the reason why we tell people not to be sexually active, it tempers with your physiological processes. Because even after we now cast out that spirit, the desire will be there. 
Hormones are now desiring things. Oh, I said it. <laughs> Praise God. So all I'm saying is avoid it. At all costs. Because that's now what is called addiction. Some addictions are as a result. There are people who are addicted to drugs. Even just medicinal drugs. I told you last time that the word, the word, the word where we get drugs, or the word where we get, from where we get the word pharmacy, comes from a Greek word pharmakia, which is a dimension of witchcraft. Pharmakia, yes. That means there's a side of drugs which is, which is diabolical. Do you know how many hundreds of thousands of people have been known to die by misprescription? People die. Also, people get addicted to those drugs so that their lives now are controlled by drugs. That's not God's plan. That's, it. That's manipulation. It's a di dimension of witchcraft. It is not God's perfect will for you. Now, a lot of times when people are dealing with addictions, whether it's porn, whether it's lust, whether, whether it's drugs, normally there's a spirit that wants, to give that wants them to give expression to its life through the addiction to drugs. If you have a strong dislike or disdain or lack of value for spiritual people, you just can't help but look down on them. Demons do that, not you. Next, a lot of brilliant ideas but an unexplainable laziness and discouragement. Normally, this is demonic. When you look at the guy, the way he thinks, Aye, he's brilliant, but he just, doesn't, he just doesn't have the energy to do anything about it. He doesn't have. He's got, when he tells you companies, he'll read these books. He'll tell you about how companies from outside the country operate. He'll tell you about how this CEO did this. I've met people like that. Eh? They are brilliant when they explain things, but look at the way they are dressed. Look at the way they, look at where they are in life. You're like, how? Very smart people. Some of them are your relatives. Some of them are your brothers. Brilliant, but they are given to alcohol. They can't let go. They are smart people. When they begin doing things in order, you'll be amazed. But they just want to smoke. Brilliant ideas, but they don't have the energy to manifest them. Listen, God gives that energy to manifest ideas. Turning ideas and, and thoughts into reality is a blessing that Satan can steal from a person, that they can have brilliant ideas, they can think great things, but they can never do anything with their lives. It will just remain in the realm of thoughts. It's an attack. That's why when you have an idea, you should push it and see that it comes to pass. Hallelujah. Yes. If you, next, if you have anyone you can't forgive, you just can't forgive. There is a spirit. Yes, they hate you, but you don't have a capacity to forgive. Ask God to help you. And even after God has helped you, you go back to saying, okay, but if I still have my body, Normally, there's a spirit attached to unforgiveness because they want you to go to hell. Remember, go read my book, The Root Code Bitterness. You know what I mean. Next, if you have a desire to see someone hurt, you can't explain it. You just want to see them hurt. When you look at them, they just look like they need to bleed. That's demonic. Something bad needs to happen to them. 
Those are feelings of demons. Demons feel like that. You must not feel like that. If you want to see yourself in pain, I explained that. Let's go. A strong sense of dislike of self and low self-esteem. You just don't feel you can amount to anything. And you're always dealing with low self-esteem. It's been a long time. You just feel like you can't stand before people. You feel like you're ugly. You feel you've got a strong dislike for yourself. Sometimes you begin now thinking you don't know why you exist. And the next thing is, let me just end it. Nine out of ten times I've dealt with people who are dealing with uh, suicidal thoughts. I had to cast out a demon from them. The desire to take away your life is not yours. It's a demon that is talking to you and you think you're the one thinking because of what you've gone through. You are joking. You're not going to die. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said you're not going to die. You will live long. Hallelujah. Next, being attracted to the same sex. It's an attack. When you look at a fellow girl, you feel... It's demonic. It is not of God. Listen, I want you to listen to this very well because a time will come when they'll be deleting some of these sermons from our podcast channels and from Facebook because we said being homosexual is demonic. At one time, Facebook shut down. Remember how we couldn't all go to Facebook? That was a call from God saying, all of you, who are, who, are, who are computer scientists, come up with a way so that Christians can have a place to mingle if they say that we are taking away your rights to post certain things on YouTube and Facebook. But guess what? Oh, you want this to work for them. Yeah, if I get like, a job by YouTube, you're a joker. God wants you to create something that even they will want to be a part of, that we will be a part of, that if they say that they are pulling down every spiritual content on Facebook, we'll say we are leaving, we are going on your, art, on your account, and we'll still be able to preach to a lot of people there. Are you listening to me? But you are excited to work for Facebook. Hey, you can't wait. It's a blessings. So, being attracted to the same sex. If it ever crosses your mind, say, Kapara kosata kapaya la shakapa. Ew. Yes. <laughs> it's an attack. You must not be attracted to the same sex. Next. Always wanting things but never having enough of them. You need to learn to be content. Always wanting things, always wanting things, always wanting things. When other people have them, you feel it can be better for you. Mm. Next, incapacity to be loved and thinking on behalf of others. A lot of times I've dealt with situations where someone would have been helped and delivered and some things would have not happened. But they said I shouldn't tell pastor because pastor will look at me a certain way. Why are you thinking on my behalf? Don't think for me. Are you my brain? Just come and seek help. Normally, it's an evil spirit telling you, you can do this on your own. So that you make mistakes and it messes your life. Just do it on your own. Come and seek help. That's why I'm here. Are you listening to me? That's why all these people are here. Incapacity to be loved 
because of what you went through, all men are the same. That is not God's perspective. That's a devilish perspective. It's a thought from the enemy. So you find now you're dating a new guy. He can't even breathe. When he just comes, let me see your phone. You're always, you're always panicking. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's not your thoughts. It's the enemy expressing an insecurity in you so that you never settle in any relationship. Seeing enemies in people who haven't expressed any enmity to you. That strangeness of just, ah, I just don't like the person naturally. When I just look at him, how do you, unless the Holy Spirit is telling you to stay away from someone, if you just notice it is your habit to not like people naturally, say, I bind! I rebuke, I reject, I kapala shatter! Refuse that an evil thought, an evil energy should find expression in your thought pattern. Are you listening to me? Ha, ha, ha. People haven't even heard you are seeing enemies in them. Haven't you ever noticed? You are looking, how oh, this person, the way they just look. Then when you relate with them, you are amazed. They're actually a nice person. So there are people you can't relate with because of what you heard about them. Someone transferred a demonic thought pattern about them to you. Even I receive. Then now you begin relating to people a certain kind of way. Some things you just hear. Then you meet the person. How do you know if the person just made a mistake then and they've changed? Let's go. I'm almost done. <laughs> a depressive feeling that life could be better if others were there. The, it's, this is a theft of your... There are people who believe, if my parents were alive, you are 34, your parents would have been providing for you at 34. <laughs> they believe if my parents were alive, I would have had this. The issue is not that they are orphans. Now they are orphans in the heart. And now it's an orphan spirit, which is an opposite of the Holy Spirit because the Lord Jesus Christ said, I will send you another comforter, the spirit of truth, who shall be with you. Then he says, I shall not leave you as orphans. So that means the presence of the Holy Spirit is the absence of being an orphan and an orphan spirit. But the absence of the Holy Spirit can become the presence of an orphan spirit. Now, it's the mentality of an orphan that you have. You are giving expression to a spirit of rebellion that cannot be under parents, that lacks, that cannot be under a covering. You are walking about like a vagabond. You are lacking in your mind. You don't have counsel and advice. Even when people help you, you say, if my mother was alive, I would have had more. It's an, op it's an orphan spirit now. It's not that you are an orphan. You now have downloaded the mentality of an orphan from the kingdom of darkness. Say, I'm not an orphan. <laughs> Even if both your parents are dead, say, I'm not an orphan. If both your parents have passed on, you even have a greater opportunity to now not be looking at men of the flesh, but to be looking to God as your father. Because some of us and some of your friends with all your, their parents alive, they may become big-headed and think, my father, my father, my father. But you, you've got an opportunity to grow a relationship with your father who is in heaven. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So a depressive feeling that life could be better if others were there is normally demonic. The employment of an excuse to live in a certain dimension of carelessness. Let me say that again. 
That's the next one. The employment of an excuse to live in a certain dimension of carelessness. So for example, some people say, I am like this because when I used to grow up, my father used to beat my mother. So me, I'm just violent towards men. <laughs> Normally, if, if it settles in your heart that this is the way I am because I am a member, we talk a lot. If it settles in your mind that we are lawyers, we always have to argue. Normally, there's an evil spirit trying to make you adamant. Something is wrong, but you said the reason I did it was because I was pushed that day. You are giving yourself an opportunity to do the same thing by the power of an excuse. Every time you give yourself an excuse, you render yourself able to repeat the wrong that you did. Sometimes you just have to say, sorry. Had I known, I would have said better, I would have talked better. Not, no, you put in his press. No. Sometimes just say, even I did not use the correct words. You'll be shocked. You won't die. Dear sons, let all the men say, I'm sorry. Have you, <laughs> have you heard that? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It has to take divine energy for them to say it. Men, say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Next, sexualists. I will not have to explain that. Next, persistent dreams of the dead. Now, sometimes if somebody you love died, you dream about them. Me, I think that's normal. But a point comes when, like there was this one time when we were at Yunza. Then there's this sister, we used to meet together at fellowship, her mom passed on, she was upset, she didn't want to talk to anyone. Some of you react very wrongly if something bad happens. Let me just give you counseling. It's not, it's not your friends who killed them. So you are saying, no, you don't understand. What do you want them to do? For them to lose their, their own so that they understand? So that what? No, you, I've seen a lot of people behave like this. Just if you have to mourn, just mourn. If you have to feel bad, just feel bad. But don't hate your friends because they're not going through what they're going through. If everyone has to go through what you're going through, for them to be able to help you and for them to be able to give you counsel, then why are you so hypocritical enough to go to a doctor who's not feeling the pain that, that, that you are feeling? You go and say, The doctor's never had one. Wisdom is greater than experience. Not everything will require experience. They say wise man learned by experience, but an even wiser man learned from the wise man's experience. Are you listening to me? Yes, that's how it works. Now, this sister, you know, the parent, the, the mom died, and she was just upset. She didn't want to talk to anyone. She didn't want even to anything to do with our God. So now, after a few weeks, she started saying she's dreaming that the mother is coming to talk to her. Now she noticed it was too consistent. So she said, hmm, let me ask these same spiritual people. He told her, hey, red flag, red flag. You don't have those dreams. Then she was upset. She said, no, you don't understand. She continued dreaming. Then one night, the mother came and started hitting her against the bed, against the walls. P, B, B, B. She called Apostle Fred. Flat, he was asleep. 
When I saw her go first, I pretended a bit, I let it go. I had a feeling she's in trouble. That was in 2013, 2014. Then I decided to pick up. Sadanyo, calm down, calm down. I need to go, I need to go. <laughs> okay, I helped her. All I'm trying to tell you is, there are some, sometimes, sometimes, the enemy works like a virus. The kind of reasoning that they have is not human, it's not even animal. It's, it's sub, it's sub-creation. Let me give an example. The AIDS virus does not say, I'll not enter this baby hour, she's too small. Let me wait for her to grow up. As long as the mother has it, it will enter. It doesn't have the wisdom to say this one never did anything. A dog can spare you. A bad person can spare you, not an evil spirit. And it will come at the moment of vulnerability. So when you're mourning for someone you love, that is an opportunity for them to come. That's how evil spirit works. Don't give them an opportunity. They will wait for you to be in a vulnerable position, then they'll bounce. Don't say, God, where are you? Say, in the kakora soka para shadebe. In the, even if it's painful, say, atakaba shadeleboza. Lavradis kelebesha ube pelefi. I don't want part two, so I'm finishing this. So, so I don't know why you are clapping for me. <laughs> I know you are clapping so that I go, but I'm almost done. <laughs> so a point comes when if you're consistently dreaming of people who have died, you need to stand and do warfare and deal with that thing. Hallelujah. Persistent fear of a particular sickness is also demonic. So let me, let me go back. So normally when you're dreaming consistently of the dead, and some of them are the ones you knew, it is not them. You're not having an encounter with the dead. Normally, it's what we call familiar spirits. They turn themselves into the people you knew, talk like them, behave like them with very simi similar mannerisms, so that you think it's them, but it's not them. That's why even the consulting of the dead, they use familiar spirits. They pick out a spirit from the kingdom of darkness, and it wears the face of a person you want to talk to who is dead. Meanwhile, the person is in hell or in heaven. They are not there. Are you listening to me? That's what they do. So if you're having those dreams, it's not right. Next, a persistent fear of a particular sickness. There are people who just, when they hear, now everyone can hear cancer, but there are people who, maybe because they saw somebody, normally it's an evil spirit trying to lurk behind them. And a lot of times you find that the thing that you are afraid of is not as powerful as the fear itself. So the idea is to keep you in a certain place of anxiety and high blood pressure and heart condition and perception. The people who, when they hear ulcers, they've got a certain particular fear of a sickness. It has to come down because normally it's an enemy trying to even bring you into that sickness. Have you ever noticed that... We, there are people who were okay. The moment they were told this is your situation, like Norma. Norma was like, I'm feeling bad. I'm not too good. But when she went to the hospital, calm down. The information itself has killed you further. Some people kill themselves when they hear they have HIV. The whole time they were living with it. The moment they are told, oh, you can actually live long. And the doctor, tell me what it is. No, you can actually just be. Doctor, just tell me. You are like everyone else. Doctor, just tell me. 
And the moment they are told it's HIV face, they faint. Then the following day, their weight goes. Because our bodies have a tendency of taking the shape of the information we hear. Now, normally, that fear of a particular sickness is an attack. So if you need to go into your bedroom and deal with it, pull it down, burn it with the fire of the Lord Jesus, whatever you can find, spiritual metal, uh, spiritual lava, whatever you can get, spiritual bazooka, just deal with it. Remember to use the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. Next, spirit of witchcraft. Now, there's a difference between witchcraft and the spirit of witchcraft. A spirit of witchcraft is this. And this is so important. This is very, very important because some of you are saying, maybe my neighbor's word, it's yours. There are times when it happens like this, and I've experienced this in this church. Someone comes to me and tells me, <laughs> you know what Satan does? He knows you're in the right church, so he's like, I have to make a plan. He's tried cooking stories about what, who did what, you are not moved. You are transferred somewhere, you are still a part. So what he will do now, he will release a deceptive spirit. So what will happen is, he will look, the people you trust in the most, okay, Minister Mono. Then now, you dream Minister Mono is chasing you with a knife. <laughs> Then when you go by the corner, you find my wife slaps you. Yeah. Then you wake up. Makura masala katia masakto. Hey. That church. <laughs> Are you seeing the intelligence? So the difference between the spirit of witchcraft and witchcraft is that with the spirit of witchcraft, people are used. Their faces are used. Mm. There's a girl who left because she said she always dreamt that I was sending her away from church. So she left. But another one had, uh, had, uh, had uh, I will not call her name because they normally stop her from coming here, had, um, had an encounter that she dreamt that we were rebuking her for coming to our church outside, but she had the wisdom to come talk to me. Then I told her, you need deliverance. You are being attacked. Now, I'm not saying by you need deliverance, she has to manifest. It means we just have to command that thing to leave her environment. Are you following me? It's a spirit of witchcraft. With the spirit of witchcraft, you can find people are being used at night to go and bewitch people in places. They themselves are sleeping. They're not actively doing it, but they are being used. That's how a spirit of witchcraft operates. So be careful how you dream about other people. They're not, don't just say, hey, you judge them. You could be under attack. Hallelujah. Fear of death. That's the next one. When you just see a coffin, your whole body is cold. You always see yourself in a coffin and dying and people coming to see you body viewing. You, and you are out there trying to shout, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. But you can't. Even after someone does a pee in you, you can't wake up. It's an attack. I'm almost done. <laughs> Next one, a dislike of your spouse. And it's a strange thing that happens. Before you marry someone, hey, 
you're always heightened. You can't wait to be with them. You can't wait to sleep with them. You can't wait for this, you can't wait for that. When you think of them, you feel a glory on your body. There's just something, Leo, that happens around you when you think about them. When they just touch you, all manners of glory. Even when they just come near you like this. Slain. <laughs> now you start staying with the same man in the same house. There are people like that. The, the idea of sleeping with their... They, they, they are just waiting. They are just waiting. Olo chalanda ati chali chali kwa tavoisa ati baby ah. Meanwhile, before you were married to that person, you were excited about them. These are realities, eh? When you marry that person, you detest them. When they touch you, you feel like shaka balls. I don't know. You just feel like. And you easily find offense at them. You're supposed to be enjoying sex, but you, you, it's a burden. It's a burden. You can't just wait for them to finish. Are you done? <laughs> it's an attack. And when you get married, even if you turn 60, you are together in the marriage, the reason God is keeping you for it, you still enjoy the sex. Even at 70, if you are still together, it means God, you will... Now, you're not married. That's why you are saying, ew, ew, oh, ew. I don't care. Me, I'm just putting the blessing in you. You will enjoy that thing. There now could be an evil spirit that wants to destroy the marriage. It wants to destroy the marriage. And one of the quickest ways is to disturb the sex. Because once that is frustrated, the man will be so frustrated. Then you, you just like showing him on pictures. But... Uh, Normally you find, normally you find, you know. <laughs> no, when you come for marriage counseling, I think you are, you, you are complaining. This is too much. Let's go to, uh, um, let's go to um, a strong sense of untraceable unworthiness and insufficiency. Chronic anxiety attacks. You can't, you're always, if, if it's an exam, you can't even write, you can't even hold your pain. You're always sweating. It's your wedding, you want to faint. You see a celebrity, you faint. Meanwhile, you see a so anointed, you don't faint. <laughs> it's an attack. You're always anxious. 
You're always, you don't know. You always feel like you're running out of breath. Your boss just calls you, Sherry, sir, it's an attack. It's an intelligence, it's an energy from the realm of darkness trying to keep you in a certain place. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Next, many sicknesses. First, it was the head, then the tooth, then a rash, then a stomach problem. Sickness after sickness after sickness after sickness. You need prayer, you're not okay. There's an attack. An incapacity to make and keep money. There are people who, when they just make a little, they don't know where it goes. Zangena's a choker. It's an attack. Normally, that is broken by your giving. You know, you need to sometimes come to a place where you give like you are mad. You are just giving, giving, sowing seeds. Something is happening. Something is happening. There are people who they can make money, but they can't keep it. The moment they've made a little money, that's when they hear, oh, lonti akumushi. Lonti akumushi at namina fridge. He needs, she needs an operation. You just make a little money, you're tired. You can't save, you can't keep any money. It's an attack. And the best way to mend it, begin to give and pray. Begin to give and pray. There are people, they, I'm telling you, I've been, I've been called by people who can't keep money. They make, but they can't keep. Some people can't make despite ideas, but some can't keep. If the demon fails to reach them out, their own pocket will betray them. market. And Bakaponya will not let it be ponyard. A sorrowful spirit. I remember casting out a demon. It was a, an, an, a sorrowful spirit of a young lady who was always sorrowful. Always sorrowful. Always sorrowful. Aye, you won't manage. It's an attack. When they hear there's a funeral, even if they never knew the person, <laughs> they will join just to cry. And the final point, number 35, dependency syndrome. Now, if I told you today I've got 35 points, <laughs> you are going to run out. So I hid it from you. How many have you written? Yes, I had 35 points there. Now, a dependency syndrome is believing that other people should take care of you. It's a spirit. Have you ever met people with a spirit of entitlement? You are their relatives for explaining, but, <laughs> but they still expect that you should take care of them. It's wrong. It's wrong. And they begin to demand things. They always want to get... It's a dependency syndrome, and you as Africans must break off of it. Other nations must now begin depending on us. Yeah. 
Already the Lord, it seems, it has been a change of tides. Spiritually, many nations are depending on Africa because of the generals and the nature of Christians that are rising from here. But even when it comes to wealth, when it comes to businesses, the UK must be coming to learn about how to work the service industry. Shouldn't be the other side. Always been a dependent. And there are people, this is what inspires a beggarly spirit. Begging is a spirit. Sometimes I wonder, I see a certain young lady, even after you give that person money with like a baby on in the heat, why are you subjecting that baby to that amount of heat? Meanwhile, that girl can cook chikanda and sell it on the market and make something for her baby to eat. But that wisdom, even to do the littlest of things, has been taken away from her. And what begging does is it reduces the integrity of a person. You stop seeing any worth in yourself. Now you begin seeing any person in the road is so wealthy, any person in the road is so good that they'll give you something. There are Satanists driving there. There are some people who are there are people who are cursed who they will share things with you don't beg don't beg it reduces people's value say I will never beg I will never beg there's nothing wrong with asking but I'm talking about begging people beg for a job they beg for this They beg. I met a certain woman at Asado she was selling chikanda when I looked at her, she was old. I don't even like chikanda. Sometimes I have these cravings once in a while, but I don't even like chikanda. But when I looked at her, I wanted to give her money. But I gave her a 10 kwacha, and I said, give me chikanda for five kwacha. When she gave me for two kwacha, I took it. I said, you can get the rest. Because I was just so moved, I decided she deserves the money, this one. She said, oh, thank you so much, my son. I said, I don't mention it. I ate that chikanda. It wasn't even nice. I didn't like it. I threw it. <laughs> but I was going to go back. I'm being honest. Because I've eaten a lot of chikandas. When chikanda is grainy, you know it's got a problem. I was going to go back to that woman and sell and buy chikanda for 50 kwacha. Then when she gives me for two kwacha, I say, no, you can keep the rest. Because I'm, now, you at your age with two hands and feet, and you are standing on the road begging. It's a spirit. It's not right. It's a spirit. Haven't you ever seen youths? Yes, we get it. You've been through places. Certain things have happened. But where did you get the courage to just stand in the road in this October at Kulima Tower and just stretch out your hand and beg? You are under attack. Let us stand. <laughs> now you know raise your hands begin thanking God for his word thank him for this spiritual intelligence that has come to you now you know now you know you won't allow the influence from the kingdom of darkness to put you in a bad place you won't permit it There's a lady I'm seeing, it's like you've got a cyst or something. You were told you have a cyst, come out. Hurry up, hurry up. There's an anointing. The cyst. 
sister. Anything cyst vibrate, whatever come. Oh, thank him that your spiritual intelligence is heightened. It is heightened. It is heightened. Lebron de Levaradi Barajele Baraduda. Berede de Bahanda la Bahaze. Vridibiando la Prada Bashote Gregediska. Coromorie. Entlecos pasta la fane masalahastaf. Le frocuna maharata kiasta piakidos. Mera pashoto porodo salada bababa. Rebe soto progodosh. Ishinalienu Shaka Pangalia Mueo Ishinalienu Yah 